Hey, everybody. This is Nina from the Mike's Opinion Podcast. Hope everyone's doing well out there. Mike's off this week. Enjoy this best of episode. It's one of the more popular episodes from a while back. As always, remember to like, share, subscribe, and follow on every platform you can. Thank you so much for your support. Without further ado, a best of episode of the Mike's Opinion Podcast. Logic Unleashed. You are now listening to Mike's Opinion. Logic Unleashed. That's right. You are now listening to the Mike's Opinion Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. One, two, one, two. Is this thing on? Yes, it is. What's up? How y'all doing out there? COVID-19, SARS-2 still popping. I hope you are right. I hope you are right. We in phase, what, seven by now? Yeah, it's like uh, almost mid-September. Anyway, um, today's topic is vegan versus carnivore. And I thought about this because, y'all, I had one of the best steaks of my life. My wife and I can cook. We get busy in the kitchen. And um, today was no different. It was just a regular old Tuesday. But we had these porterhouse steaks just chilling in the freezer. For a couple months at least, you know, I catch it when they mark them down or, or they just have a big sale. In this case, they had a big sale on, I say they was damn near an inch and a half, almost two inches, probably not two inches, but definitely an inch and a half thick. And um, if you don't know, a porterhouse steak is really basically just a T-bone, but it's the extra T-bone with the extra, the extra tenderloin that extra fillet you know what i'm saying on one side and it's got the, the the sirloin the strip sirloin on the other side just like a t-bone only with the um with the porterhouse Woo wee mm, mm, mm. but let me give you a little bit of of history okay um many many years ago i'd say oh it's probably had to be eight nine years ago my wife and i used to be a part of this movie club um and we would get free tickets to movies free screenings of movies before they came out and so we went to this movie we had no idea what it was it was called forks over knives have you heard of this movie it was a documentary and um forks over knives advocates veganism and not eating anything that's been living or with eyes which in my opinion plants are living but i will get to that momentarily so we went to go see this movie got the popcorn blah 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 right we, we watched this movie and i'll tell you more about the movie in a minute but when we came out of the theater the next day we became vegans it was that real and that serious and that profound for us. And it was amazing. I mean, we literally became vegans overnight. Yeah. So, um, it only lasted about 
three to four months though, because as you know, advertising is real and advertising is effective and watching TV and seeing those close up HD commercials of steaks and cheeseburgers, you know what I'm saying? It, we found ourselves salivating at commercials and one day we broke and um, I can't say that I regret it because, but if you've been vegan for any length of time, any significant length of time, and then you eat meat, you immediately regret it because of the way your body feels. And um, so let me dive in a little bit. So first, Forks Over Knives, the movie. Forks Over Knives, in a nutshell, portrays two doctors one on the East Coast, one on the West Coast, that didn't know each other and happened to be doing 30-year studies or had been doing studies for 30 years over the effects of animal protein on the body, how animal protein affects the body. And now this is the way I remember it. Maybe some of the specifics are off, but this is the way I remember the movie. And they've got cookbooks and websites and, and, and groups. And I mean, it's a, it's a huge thing, right? But these doctors met at a conference and, you know, chatted it up and realized they were working on the same data. Summarily speaking, what they found out, and this is beyond any doubt, this is scientifically and medically proven. If you remove animal protein, from a human being's diet, you can prevent and eliminate some forms of cancer, diabetes, heart disease, all of these horrible chronic illnesses can not only be reversed, but eliminated if you simply stop eating animal protein, and that basically means anything with eyes, pork, pigs, beef, cows, fish, chickens, hens, turkeys, you know, lamb, I mean, all of that. If you remove animal protein, you will be healthier. Now, my wife and I found it challenging to find delicious meals without meat. And uh, if you're not used to it, it can be a real challenge. And I'm not saying we didn't have, we had, I remember one, um, there was a, a, a real good dish. It was a eggplant and red cabbage and some onions and the way she, uh, my wife sauteed it and with the spices, it was delicious. And we ate that a lot. We ate a lot of, uh, and discovered quinoa. Um, we ate a lot of beans. Um, we make a bee, uh, in the summertime, a, a, cold, a cold three bean salad. And it's got, you know, cilantro and, and corn and tomatoes and three types of beans and onions and a variety of things. And it's tossed in a, uh, like a vinaigrette. Oh man. And we eat that with some little, um, toasted pita chips. Ah, oh, it was delicious. So I'm not going to say there wasn't some good eating. Okay. But having been born and raised eating meat, I dare say it was an addiction that I could not and we could not overcome. So that was a brief run, but we do not eat a lot of red meat, period. And we haven't gone back to consuming red meat even on a weekly basis. 
So, um, today was definitely not a vegan day. Let me tell you. Today was day two eating off those porterhouses. We ate last night and tonight on those porterhouses. And um, if you have not discovered Montreal seasoning for your steaks, let me tell you. Write it down. Put it in a note in your phone. Look it up right now because you don't need nothing else. You don't even need a grill. Because I'm in between grills. My old grill, I didn't have a cover. It's rusted. I need to get rid of it. I have a grill slash smoker. And it served me well for 20 years. So I guess I got my money's worth. But it's time to upgrade to a new one. And I've been shopping around. I'm taking my time for this purchase. Because to me, everything tastes better when it's flame broiled over some good old charcoal. You get that that flame going. You turn your meat. Boom, boom. You ever see them in the restaurant? That flame goes three, four feet high. Yeah, something about that flame, man. It just gets it popping. This is why, and don't judge me, but as far as fast food burgers, and I'm not going to say their name, but you're going to know who I'm talking about. The only one who has flame broiled burgers. That's the number one fast food burger to me. Now, you may argue, and, um, you know, Maybe I'll be an advocate for them if they want to throw me a little change, do some marketing for them, because it will be a full episode commercial because I love that burger. That burger is the bomb and strictly because it's the only fast food burger on the market that's flame broiled. But back to the state. So my wife say she's learning to really, you know, cook meat. My wife does really great. She underestimates herself. She's great in the kitchen, but she was apprehensive about doing the steaks, but she did the steaks, hooked them up delightfully. Now, I had pulled the steak sauce out the fridge. All right. Never used it. Never. Used. Matter of fact, I take that back. Tonight on night two, I did use a little bit. Or just a little bit on the bare end of it. The last few bites. But carnivore hell to the yeah. Right now, that's just the mode that I'm in. And I know it weighs me down. It sits in my gut. And in my, you know, intestines and, you know, it's all the negative. But, man, it sure does taste good. And I know it's an excellent source of protein, even though it is animal protein. But I can't help but wonder after watching Forks Over Knives, the movie, and I'm this is not a commercial for them. I'm not sponsored by them. They're not giving me any money. Nobody's giving me any money, and I'll get to that in a minute. But, um, you know, it's it's proven. Yeah. Okay. You can really minimize your chances of getting these chronic illnesses. And when we were vegan, I can't even front. I felt better than I ever felt before. Now I will tell you, you feel great, but not necessarily energetic. And I'm pretty sure that's because we were new and not learning how to get all the right energy and and calories. I'm pretty sure there are vegans that can tell you, but I don't know for sure because at the premiere that we went to for the movie, there were a lot of little skinny vegans. Okay. And I'm going to just tell you mostly white women that we saw. That was our experience. They were all skinny and vegans will tell you they vegan within the first 12 seconds of a conversation. They're very proud people. They're very proud because of the sacrifices they make to be vegan. But you know, 
me and my wife driving home that night and subsequently after have talked about the demeanor of those people. It was something missing from those people. They seemed not malnourished, but just they didn't have that strength, that that energy, you know, about them. Never seen an energetic, just fed person that eats meat. Yeah. I remember when we first started, I was telling my homeboy, I was like, yo, man, yeah, we're going vegan. We're doing all the veggies and the quinoas, the grains and the, the, the legumes the lejeune, the and, and all of that, right? And he said to me, yo, man, there's a reason why you have teeth. You know what I'm saying? And I laughed and it was a pretty poignant point because he's right. You know, teeth are not really, I mean, they can be used for defense, but we have teeth for a reason. It's really just to chew meat. We're, we're made to be carnivores. I believe that. And going as a vegan goes against the grain, in my opinion. But I felt great though. I felt great. I didn't feel like I could expend a whole, whole lot of energy without refueling. But man, you know, I, like I said, you know, what we took from that is moderation in meat. Like I said, especially red meat. You know, the cheeseburgers and the, uh, the steaks. And, um, you know, there's so many, um, cuts of, of steak out there. You got your chuck roast, your cross rib roast, your ribeye, your ribeye roast, your strip loin, New York. I don't even know why it's called that. New York strip, the T-bone. The, the deluxe T-bone, a.k.a. the porterhouse, your top sirloin, uh, your sirloin tips, your tenderloin, your, your your top round, your flank, shank, brisket, your eye round, your rump roast. I grew up eating rump roast and, uh, in Harlem as a kid in Harlem. Shouts out to Nana. May you rest in peace. But, but you know, that cow, I mean, you got a cow, a, one cow, you can get a coat, a belt, pair of shoes. And you could eat for like a year. A whole family. And this is just off the, the section. If you include what I call slave food, you got the nose, the ears, the feet, the, 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 um, the tail, the tongue. <laughs> I'm laughing because I just remembered. So on a fifth or sixth grade trip to Washington, D.C., uh, you know, just one of those grade school trips. I think we went for two or three days to D.C. and saw the sights. I remember us visiting a deli and my ass wanting to be different. Everybody else was getting ham and cheese sandwiches. You know, I got a beef tongue sandwich and everybody was like, oh, you know, and I ate it and the shit wasn't half bad to my recollection. I recall eating it and liking it. And, um, I don't think I've ever had it again, nor do I think I want it again. But when I talk about slave food, you know, and my wife and a lot of people call it soul food. And that's because we got these discards, the trash part of the, 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 the animal that the slave master didn't want. And we may do with it. Actually, we turned it into something fantastic, but I'm talking about your chitterlings, chitterlings, Chitlins, as we call them, your pig knuckles, your ox tail, you know what I'm saying? Your pig's feet, pig ears, you know what I'm saying? Um, yeah, it's slave food, y'all. That's exactly what that is. And I highly suggest you stop eating that shit.
really. A lot of fish and fowl is what we eat. Fowl, of course, chicken, turkey. You know what I'm saying? We eat a lot of that, a lot of fish. Sometimes not the best fish because fish, I know fish sticks are not wholesome. But, man, they're delicious. Put a little hot sauce on them joints. Mmm. Phew. A little mac and cheese. Anyway. Um, but that swine, now we're not Muslim, but, you know, we try not to eat a whole lot of beef, a whole lot of pig. Um, yeah. But. You know, when it comes to vegan versus carnivore, I've experienced both worlds. And there's advantages and disadvantages to both. But today and yesterday, man, it was a feast of epic proportions. So, you know, like I said, there's I live in Texas and there's a serious grocery store war going on. And I know they say the margins is thin, but um, they're not making a lot of profit. But, man, they be practically giving this stuff away sometime. And even during this pandemic, you know, prices went up for like a minute. But, yo, I saw them porterhouses. And in hindsight, I wish I would have got two or three packs. Okay. Because these... This And even though it had been frozen, we froze it and we put it in the refrigerator. We defrosted it for like two or three days. Let it defrost slowly. And that's a good trick, y'all. If you don't know that, don't run water on it. Don't nuke it. If you're going to defrost something, just stick it in the fridge. If you can do it ahead of time, two or three days, let it just get back to its natural cold temperature. Anyway, so wifey broiled these with the Montreal seasoning and ah, mm, ooh, oh, and I saved the bone and it's going to rain. So I can't put my dog outside. So I'm saving it for my dog. So, and she's going to love me forever when she has this bone because it's a big, thick, giant bone that I have a big dog and she can't, you know, give her a little bonus. It's done in 30 seconds and she's looking for the next one. This one's, she's going to be able to chew on this for, uh, for a minute and she might bury it and come back to it like she does. Um, but the succulentness. The flavor, the texture, OMG, y'all. I, I don't know if I'm ever going to be vegan again because if it comes to, and this sounds ridiculous what I'm about to say, but if it comes to, you know, dying of cancer 10 to 15 years earlier than I would have if I didn't eat meat, yo, sayonara. I see you next lifetime, like Eric Badu said. You know what I'm saying? Because this shit is delicious. It's delicious. Do you, have you ever had a great steak? And I'm telling you, we gets busy in my kitchen. You know what I'm saying? We gets busy. Our steaks that we make rival any five-star restaurant. And that's real talk. Tender, juicy, Cooked to perfection. Wifey had to meet the thermometer out. Because she know I like my medium with that just perfect amount of pink in my joint. You know what I'm saying? But cooked. She like hers well done. You know? So, that's what it is. And that sounds ridiculous when I'm thinking 10 to 15 years of life, of living, if I don't eat this. Right? But... Aside from the fact that it's delicious and aside from the fact that I know I can improve my quality of life 
if I don't eat it at all, even though we eat it at a minimum, you know, is happiness and gratification and satisfaction in life better for a shorter life? Or would you just rather live longer and be a lot less gratified and satisfied with your quality of life? That's the question, really, because it's been proven. Look it up. Check out the movie. Do the research yourself if you don't believe me. Animal protein contributes to your demise and contributes to ailments that you could otherwise quite possibly avoid. Facts. You know what I'm saying? Facts. No doubt. Give it up. You'll live longer, most likely. Now, I can't say you won't get any other form of cancer or other ailments or won't die by some horrible accident. But you significantly improve your chances if you remove animal protein from your diet. Or I would imagine limiting it, as we do, will help, too. But. But. Surely there are lifelong carnivores, lifelong meat eaters that live to over 100 years old, right? And I dare say happiness and a satisfied good life lends to you living long as well. So I'm rolling the dice because I ate that steak, y'all, and that shit was delicious. Ah! Mm-mm-mm. Go get you some porterhouse. T-bone, I don't even know if I'm ever going to mess with T-bones again. Because I've had T-bones and sometimes, you know, you got to really look. You know, sometimes they try to overlap them in the package so you really can't see how much tenderloin is in there. You know, then you take it out the package and it's like hardly any. You know, all you got is strip. And I'm telling you, on the porterhouse, even the strip, the sirloin portion was like, Way tender, tender and more, I almost said tenderier, all more tender and more juicy. You know what I'm saying? It was just, it was exquisite. It was an experience. It was just more than a meal. So, you know, me and my wife and my son, we eat dinner together every night. And, you know, my son just kept looking at me. He was laughing because every bite I was like, mm, ah, and my wife was like, mm, yeah, this is so good. And my, my, you know, my son breastfed for three and a half years. Shout out to wifey, big ups, pounding my chest because everybody ain't able. And a lot of people in my family circle, the majority, I, I don't know anybody else's breastfed in my immediate family circle except for my wife. And my wife was down for that shit and she struggled with it at first and she never stopped. And this is why my son is one of the healthiest human beings alive. And I know other countries, they do it to eight, nine years old. Breastfeeding is the best thing. And I know some adults, I just watched a, a doc, a documentary on that. Some adults are still ingesting other people's milk, breast milk. You know what I'm saying? But they say you got to be careful with that, just like anything I would imagine. But, um, and then he was on a mostly vegan diet, just naturally. He didn't have a lot of meat. So even today, and he's still in the single digits, uh, he got a birthday coming up as a matter of fact, but he, uh, you know, beef, like he, you know, all kids like Mickey D's, right? Okay. So every once in a while, a few times a month, he'll get his little Mickey D's, 
you know, but, um, or any fast food burger. Well, not any. He really likes Mickey D's, but, um, you know, but other than that, you know, steak, pork chops, ribs, you know, any of that he could do without. Now, he does like some bacon and I'm always torn. We don't eat a lot of pork bacon, but he definitely knows the difference. Just like I do. Turkey bacon is not bacon. It's just turkey formed and acts and looks like bacon, but it's not in the taste variety at all. But I would rather do that, even though it's formed and it's probably not the best from a health perspective, but because, you know, pork bacon is full of fat. Yeah, you ever had that crispy bacon fat? That's just right. Uh, That pork belly. Yo, I'm just saying quality of life is important. And I got my eyes closed right now. I'm just imagining the perfect cut of bacon, that thick cut bacon. And while I'm on the bacon, just real quick, my sister, shout out to sis. I have been doing bacon wrong my whole life up until probably six, seven years ago. My sister schooled me on baked bacon. I will never put bacon in the frying pan again ever in my life. If you haven't been up on it, bake your bacon. Bake your bacon, 400 degrees, about 10 minutes, flip it once or twice. Yo, bacon on a whole nother level. I'm just thinking about that Mad TV skit where my man was like, on a whole nother level. You know what I'm saying? On a whole nother level. (laughs) That's A. It's real. So bake your bacon. Um, It's delicious. It's more delicious. It's extra, extra delicious. Whether you're using a BLT or going with some pancakes or waffles or French toast or some eggs or whatever. Whatever you're doing with it today, along today and yesterday, because like I said, we had a complete repeat. We had the porterhouse joint, uh, fully loaded baked potato and Caesar salad. The only thing I was missing was a good glass of red wine. And I thought about it, but I really, I forgot. But um, it's all good. But um, I put, you know, the baked potato baked on 500 for about an hour, hour and 20. It's nice and mushy. It's perfectly cooked. The, the skin is cooked. Put it, you know, we wrap it in the foil and, you know, put a little oil on it before we wrap it in the foil, bake it. And then do like the restaurant, take a knife, cut through the foil and squeeze it at both ends. Pop it out. Pop that potato out. Then I hit the butter. Boom. Then I hit the cheese. Boom. Then I hit the, um, the, uh, the sour cream. Get it all mixed up in there. Boom. Then I hit the chives and the bacon. Boom. Maybe a little salt pepper. Oh. Mm. 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 Yes. One of my favorite meals, even though seafood is my favorite food. But one of my um my best meals. But um but yeah. I <sighs> veganism and being a vegan. It is an exercise in depravity and depriving oneself. And I dare say you might have to have a touch of masochism about you. You might be a masochist just a little bit because it's, it's torture to do it for any long length of time. You know, uh, I remember when we went to that premiere, they had, and one of the, I guess another thing that really hyped us up, they had vegan fudge, you know, and, um, we cooked some when we got home and it was, it's really good, but it just, you know, it just wasn't the same really. 
It was it was good. You still getting the same amount of sugar and stuff, but once again, you know, no eggs, no butter. You know what I'm saying? Um, and um, ah, but like I said, we did it for almost four months without any meat of any kind, and um, and found our addiction and our cravings. You ever looked? at a commercial and just wanted to jump into the television. That's where we was at. Like literally our saliva glands would get exercise. And we were like licking our lips like, yo, I want that cheeseburger right now. And one day we just broke down and did it. And after the first, second bites, also, if you haven't eaten fried food in a while, the French fries, you don't realize how much, how much grease is in potato chips and French fries, especially if, if, until you've not had it for a while, you know, ain't nothing like a good chip too, right? Good, but crispy potato chip. Mm. I can't get into them kettle corn joints though. Them kettle pot, kettle, what is it? Kettle corn, not kettle corn, kettle chips. I, I, it's just not for me. I like that, that thin and crispy crisps, as they say, across the pond. You pass me a bag of crisps. Yeah. That was my impression. Um, but yo, I had to chime in today and, uh, and talk about that because it really made me think about, you know, when we were vegans. And I really wanted to share with everybody, you know, the health benefits of veganism. And I highly suggest limiting your amount of red meat and pork when and where you can. And, 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 and make it more like a treat. Cause like I said, we had those porterhouses and where they were sitting in the freezer, I almost, I saw them like every day I went in the freezer, I saw them sitting there. I was like, nope, today's not the day. Nope, today is not today. So last week, my wife and I was like, yeah, what about them porterhouses? We ain't no steak in a minute. And I was like, yeah. Yeah, in a couple of days, we'll take them out the freezer, let them start to frosting. And no marinade. We didn't marinate them. Nothing. You, you, you just, I do it like a rub, you know what I'm saying? Rub that. I don't put no butter. Some people coat their, um, their steaks, you know, in oil and butter, you know, before and during the cooking process. Not necessary. I don't need the extra fat. Didn't need it. Didn't need it. Succulent, juicy, tender, and tasty. Can you tell that I like these steaks? Like, I, I'm still like on a high almost from these steaks. It was that good. It was that good. So, I, uh, like I said, it's nearly mid-September 2020. I probably will not eat any more steaks for the rest of the year now i might have a burger here and there between now and then but i definitely will probably not have any i'm definitely probably that's not a thing right it's either definitely or probably i will say i will most likely not have another steak for the rest of the year and i will be keeping an eye out for them sales though okay because the porterhouse is a plate size steak just one Okay. Then, like I said, it's an inch and a half thick. It took us, we still got steak left. Actually, my wife didn't even finish all hers. You know what I'm saying? So we're going to eat three days off of those two steaks. You know, cause if my wife don't get it, she don't know. 
I'm going to hook me up a nice cheese steak with the rest of the steak. Slice it up real thin. Throw some green peppers, some onion. You know, throw a little seasoning in there. And maybe get the, the hoagie roll with the provolone. Maybe put the lightest coat of little mayonnaise in there. And sprinkle a little, a little sauce on that joint. Mm. Ooh, cheese steak. Here I come. But if she wants it, I'm going to give it to her. Because I ate all of mine on day two. And uh, to the point where I was... I was, yo, I was caveman in that joint at the end, yo. No utensils required. I had that whole bone picked up. I was getting in. I was, I was, yeah. There's still a little bit, you know, gristle, some tough stuff. Not much. But I wanted to intentionally save a little for my dog because I love my dog like that. And even though she loved the bone. um, And if you ever seen somebody clean a bone, my wife is good. My grandmother? Let me tell you something. I challenge any other human to fuck up a bone better than my grandmother. And I say that because literally there was not a molecule of meat, gristle, or fat left on the bone. But no, 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 no. My Nana took it a step further. May she rest in peace. My grandmother would crack the bone and get the marrow out the middle. Do you hear me? Do you hear me? All you needed was you could make that bone into a tool immediately. Grandmother taught me so many things like the wishbone. Do you do you keep your wishbone? Let it dry out and make a wish from your turkeys and chicken. I still do that to this day. And me and my wife will make a wish and you take each end and you pull it. And whoever ends up with the biggest end gets the wish. You know, um, so many dynamics to animals right in the meat in the bones you know and in the hides let me ask you a question let's say somebody dropped you in the middle of nowhere and you had to survive could you slaughter a cow and do you know where to where to cut it where to butcher it to get what meats I'm not going for I'm from New York. Yo, I don't know. I I could look up a picture like I did when I did a little brief research before doing this um this episode. You know what I'm saying? And I'm pretty sure I could work it out. But you know what? Um there's this movie with I think his name is Emil Hirsch called Into the Wild. And it's a loosely based documentary um based on this school bus in Alaska. Um, that people would go and camp out in. And, uh, this guy came from a well-to-do family and he, uh, he wasn't with the riches, you know, he was anti-rich. So he just took off, you know, he finished college to fulfill his parents' wishes. And then he took off, went to a hike anyway. Um, I'm not going to tell you what happened, but, um, you know, survival is real. It depends on what you ingest and you have to ingest and, uh, and eat to live. And, um, if you ever get a chance to see it, it was a very interesting and moving movie for me because I am a, a naturist unofficially. Um, and, uh, even though I was born and raised in Harlem in the South Bronx, you know, in New York City in the concrete jungle. Um, but once I, uh, I left, you know, when I went 
to my first visit out to Cali. And I was like, yo. And I had been upstate to Bear Mountain and to, uh, you know, Van Cortland Park and places like that in New York. You know what I'm saying? But it was brief visits. But when you experience nature, it's a whole eye-opening experience. And when you get down to the rawness of it, when you think about how this meat is, you know, produced and um, grown and slaughtered, processed and packaged for our convenience, a lot of us don't think about what it took to get that meat, that animal meat in that package. We just take it for granted because it's been there for most of our lives, you know. Unless you old school or living on a farm, shout out to uh, Killer Mike. I think he says he still does some of that. You know, that hunting, the closest I've come to it, I used to have a, a crab trap. I used to go fishing and I'd catch my, my, you know, cook my catch. But I've never, you know, slaughtered a pig or slaughtered a cow or cut the head off a chicken and, 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 you know, got the feathers off and, you know, and all that. I've, I've never personally done that. Um, I remember walking by this butcher shop. That was in the Bronx in Little Italy near my crib and uh, just peeking in there every once in a while, a few times when I was young, you know what I'm saying? And they would clunk that cow in the head and then slit his throat and bleed it out, <laughs> you know, but how that meat gets there and how it's produced, you know, they, um, cows, pigs, chickens, mass produced, it's horrific conditions, y'all. That's just the, um, the fact of it. And I often wonder, is the stress and trauma that these animals experienced, is it passed on to us at a genetic level? Is it? You know? And I think there's a real possibility because there's other things that are passed. Alcoholism is, is, is one of the things that can be, has been proven that can be passed on from gene to gene. You know what I'm saying? From mother to child, from father to child, even grandmother, grandfather to child. You know what I'm saying? So, um, are we ingesting that stress? Are we ingesting that trauma? You know, at a molecular level, I dare say it's a good possibility, you know, but I still love that steak. Knowing all of that. And I, to my knowledge, it was not an organic piece of beef. So I don't think these cows were grazing in a field with music playing and, you know, eating grains and, and, and grass and living happily till somebody snuck up behind them and just killed them real quick. They didn't know it was coming. And I think that's the thing with the wa, wagu, wagu beef. Like they play music, they give these cows massages, and it makes the meat more tender because they are happy cows. But the price for that beef is literally ridiculous. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to look it up right now. Price of Wagyu, W-A-G-Y-U beef or A5 beef. It's Japanese beef. 
Okay, and um, $200 per pound. $200 per pound. And this is from a brief article on businessinsider.com. The rare steak in the world, olive wagyu, can cost anywhere from $120 to over $300 for one steak. One steak. Wagyu calves can be 40 times the price of United States cattle. So that's how they're getting down with that. I've had it a few times. I can't say that it was worth it. For me, that's just my opinion. The Wagyu people don't send me no, you know, bad emails. Okay. I'm not coming down on you. I haven't had it enough. Maybe I just haven't had the right one. Or maybe it wasn't the real, real official Wagyu, you know. Maybe it was a Wagyu knockoff. You know what I'm saying? Like you got that, that, that knockoff designer purse. Maybe had the designer Wagyu. Cause yo, the designer people, they be doing knockoff cars, yo. Knockoff everything. So I could have had some knockoff Wagyu. That's, I mean, that's a, that's a real possibility, right? But, um, maybe they accidentally put some Wagyu in my, be- like the packages that I got. Maybe it was Wagyu. Maybe I didn't even know it. Maybe I didn't even know. You know what I'm saying? But while you are not um, organic or not, this beef was delicious. And I don't think I can ever be um, be vegan again. And, and that's just the real truth of the matter. So vegan versus carnivore. Which one are you? Shout me, uh, shoot me an email. Mike's Opinion Show at gmail.com. That's Mike's Opinion Show at gmail.com. Uh, it'll be in the show notes as well. And uh, I'd like to hear what you think about veganism versus carnivore. And if you are a vegan and you've been doing it for a long time and you know some basic good vegan recipes that don't require a lot of exotic spices that I don't have in my house. And that was one of the challenges. You know what I'm saying? I don't use cream of tartar that much. And I don't even think that was one of the ingredients, but like, um, you know, we got the, the, the couple of vegan cookbooks and there's spices that I didn't even know existed. Okay. There is a wide degree of spices that is used in the vegan diet. That's just not a staple in my household. And we cook a lot. And we have a wide, you know, range. We got the, the slide out, the lazy Susan joint, two, two shelves worth with full of spices, you know, and still we needed a ton more spices. Um, you know, there's vegan yogurt, which is not yogurt. There's vegan cheese. It's not cheese. And please, vegans, don't come down on me. And maybe if you get used to it, it tastes like cheese. It tastes like yogurt. But for me, it just, it, it, it just wasn't. It wasn't, you know, um, but, you know, I would love to get the health benefits of being a vegan and still be able to eat a steak and a cheeseburger and some bacon and every once in a while, some pork chops. And the ribs, oh man, my my wife's ribs, y'all. And I don't like beef ribs. I'm not a beef big a big fan of beef ribs, but pork ribs, 
And I'm talking about the uh, St. Louis style. That's a cut, right? The St. Louis cut. Not the not the country style with the extra, extra meat, but meaty enough. And sometimes the baby backs too, but my wife has a brown sugar rub. It's brown sugar and garlic and spices. And she dry rubs them and then we just let them marinate in that. Not a wet marinade, a dry marinade. Oh, no sauce required. No sauce required. Great. She really needs to open up a restaurant. Or we do. Because this is stuff I haven't tasted anywhere else. And um, and it's just delicious. So, vegans, shoot me out an email. Carnivores. If you're carnivore till you die, why ask why? Holla at me. Let me know why. There's no way in hell you would ever be a vegan. I'd be very interested to hear that. Mike's opinion, call, Mike's opinion, uh, show, Mike's opinion show at gmail.com. Um, while I'm on that, if you would please support the show in any way you can, if you can in monetary fashion and give me a dollar, $10, $20, I'm still in dire need of, um, recording equipment. If you want to, if you got some really high quality recording equipment laying around that you're not using and will not use, shoot me an email and I will gladly send you my mailing address. If you want to send me anything, let me know. Uh, I'll give you my mailing address. Um, anything good and nice. I'll just say that. That would be great. Not anything awful. Be nice. Um, yeah, but uh, if you can't support the show in monetary fashion, I know a lot of people are struggling, so I completely understand. But, um, you know what I'm saying? But if you can, subscribe, like, comment, follow everywhere. Like, take five minutes and support the Mike's Opinion Podcast. I'd greatly appreciate it. YouTube, Spotify, Apple, Google, you know, anywhere podcasts are heard. You know, Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, you know, um, LinkedIn, Tumblr. I'm, I'm everywhere. I'm out there. You know, I did that on purpose. Um, and uh, I really appreciate the support. I want to have a lot of... Uh, you know, different topics, different discussions. Speaking of that, if you'd like to be a guest on the show, I'm not going to make any promises, but uh, I'm about to start um, entertaining that thought. So shoot me an email if you're another podcaster. And uh, I'm open to talk about virtually anything. You know what I'm saying? Um, and and that's, that's real talk. Um, and I'll be a guest on yours. You could be a guest on mine or, you know, we can share the content and uh, support each other. That would be a great thing uh, to me. As long as you, you know, a good human being, a decent human being, and you have food for thought. I don't care how big your podcast is or how small your podcast is, or even if you have a podcast at all. But um, let's talk about it. I got some things coming up. Got a series like the seven part healing series. Hopefully you've checked that out. Um, I got a series on hip hop coming up. I was there when it was birthed. I was there and um, I got lots and lots of stories and stuff to tell about that. I got a series coming up on um, UFOs and aliens and probably some peripheral paranormal things. But I'm almost, well not almost finished, I'm halfway through reading a book by Travis Walton called Fire in the Sky. And uh, I got an autographed copy from him. 
And by any chance, if you listen to Travis, you know, um, wow. That's all I can say. Um, if you don't know about uh, Travis Walton, uh, he was abducted and returned five days later. And uh, wow, you really need to check out his story. But I'm going to talk about that amongst many, many other things. But those are two series that I've been uh, chiseling away at, you know, working at. But um, yeah, vegan versus carnivore. Which one are you right now? I'm all carnivore, baby. All carnivore. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Mike, and this has been the Mike's Opinion Podcast. Stay safe out there. Thank you so much for listening to Mike's Opinion. Logic Unleashed.